0: at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the
1: episode. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter number one, and we are going to overview these books together tonight. You can think of what we've been doing. There's devotional thoughts in here, but you can think of what we've been doing as uh, similar to what you would, uh, you would do in maybe if you're going to Bible college, you would go to Old Testament and New Testament survey. Those are kind of foundational foundational classes, although I'd say uh, probably in those classes you'd dive in just a little bit further than even in this. So uh, we're going to overview these books tonight, and uh, having a working knowledge of the Bible and how it all fits together is incredibly important. One of the things that uh, when I went through Old Testament and New Testament survey, one of the requirements was to learn chapter content. Uh, how, I, how I went through school was a little bit different. Everything was done in blocks as opposed to semesters. So you, you took a block and for, uh, for nine weeks you focused in on Old Testament survey and the time I took New Testament survey you focused in on nine weeks. But every year they would test us on uh, chapter content from the whole Bible. So we need, they needed to be able to say uh, you know Acts chapter number 10 and you needed to know what was inside of that chapter. And uh, so every single year, you did not you did not pass uh, uh, you did not pass college without being able to uh, take care of that. And so, uh, anyway, I just say it's important to have a, a good working understanding of of the Bible, how it all works together, and that's really the heart in this. Uh, not not saying anything that you've never heard before, but it does help us to have a, you know an understanding. So let's pray and ask God's blessing on our time together. Thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness to us and. Thank you just for encouraging our hearts with uh, just time together to pray and to fellowship and uh, bear one another's burdens. And Lord, we're, we're grateful for this body and grateful for what you're doing in our hearts. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to remain faithful to you uh, despite uh, what, is, what is around us, despite what other people might do. Uh, Lord, I pray that in humility uh, that you would uh, help us just to remain faithful uh, to you. And so we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 12, Paul says this to Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And so he starts out this book to his son in the faith who he found in what city? You remember from our study in the book of Acts? What city was was uh, uh, Timothy from Lystra, Lystra, you were waffling on the fence between Lystra and Derby. Uh, Now, someone said Ephesus, who said Ephesus, all right, Uh, he did go to Ephesus, but what did he do there? He pastored the church there at Ephesus, at least for a time, and so Paul is talking to uh, this. This is son of the faith. Remember, probably somewhere around uh, twenty years after, twenty to thirty years after he met him, uh, were these were these uh, books written and so on. But he, he uh, gives us a testimony. Listen, uh, Timothy, uh, I thank the Lord. He he looked at my life and he saw some faithfulness, and he's the one that put me in the ministry. Now, there's sometimes where people say, well, I don't believe in a specific call to ministry. And, uh, you know, all over the Bible, the, uh, it shows us that God will specifically call us to certain tasks in life. And that's what we pray for in our lives, but that's also what we pray for in the upcoming generation uh, here. Every one of these children that we see on a Sunday night or a Sunday morning or is down there, God has a specific plan and purpose for their life. We need to pray that God would uh, help them to be sensitive to it, but to follow in that, that specific call. We we want that, and whether that's uh, uh, whether, whether that is a lawyer, a doctor, a mechanic pastor, missionary, evangelist. We want them to follow the Lord's specific will for their life. And so Paul, uh, he, he, uh, he helped Timothy to understand, hey, listen, this is what I, I've done. This is what God is doing in my life. And Paul represented what, uh, what was a real spiritual leader uh, to these uh, to these folks that he was going to write to, be the penman for God to. Uh, and he represented a, an enormous spiritual leader, someone that really shaped their uh, their faith. And uh, someone that was charging them, encouraging them, giving them some orders. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18, This I charge, uh, charge I uh, commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies that went before on thee, that thou mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, uh, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwrecked. And there's many times he came to Timothy and to Titus, and he says, I, I charge you, I urge you, I I. To, I'm, I'm commanding you under inspiration of God. I'm commanding you in this way, and this is very important. So, what we're looking at tonight are really letters that God used Paul to pen. He moved him along by the Holy Spirit. He used Paul to pen to leaders in the church, uh, to church leaders, to pastors, to those that that were affecting other other people. Something that uh, that is important for us to realize that even in our in our lives, and uh, sometimes I. I hear folks say uh, leading leaders, encouraging leaders. Uh, it's so important that uh, we encourage leaders, those that are influencing other people. That's what Paul and what God was doing here is encouraging leaders in the church. And by encouraging them, it, down through the ages, it encourages. One of the reasons that uh, I've enjoyed going through First and Second Timothy is not only for my own personal benefit in studying them, But for our church's benefit, uh, it it, it strengthens us. And so these are letters to leaders that God is using Paul to write. So 1 Timothy uh, really focuses on this. It is ministry instruction. Okay, Timothy, this is how you ought to do ministry. This is what you need to be focusing on. and this is, These are the things that you need to be paying attention to. And he says in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15, if there's a key verse in this book, it's this, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. And I've, I've stated that over and over what that's all about, but uh, we are the church of the living God. This is not the church in, in the sense of the, the building. We are the church. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. We together are the, are the church. But God says, hey, within the, within the assembly of the church, you need to know how you are to behave yourself. And uh, if I don't get to you in, in 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 a long time here, I want you to know from this letter. I want you to know how you to, how you are to behave and uh, the responsibilities you're to take on, and and just knowing this that this is a serious work, Timothy, that you're engaged in. This is a this is something that you ought to take very seriously. Uh, you're the pillar in the ground of truth. You're the, that which upholds the truth, that, that which supports the truth. You are, you're a part of that, that organism, not an organization, but an, a living organism, the, the church. And it's important that you behave in the right way. So he gives them ministry instructions, how a spiritual leader should cultivate a Christ-honoring church environment. And uh, he wasn't encouraging him to be a dictator. He wasn't ent- uh, encouraging him to be a CEO of the church. To you know, to uh, to do uh, surveys in town to see how uh, how uh, how the uh, the town, how Ephesus would receive the church. What you know, what the people of Ephesus wanted. You know, uh, what kind of what kind of feel they wanted at the church. You know, he was to he was to structured around the Word of God, and he was to create a spiritual environment. Uh, 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 that is centered on doctrine and centered on care. And so it's written in 64 A.D., just prior to uh, Paul's final imprisonment. And uh, it's a part of the books that are called something. And uh, I want you to uh, think about second, uh, first and second Timothy and Titus. What are those known as? The pastoral epistles. Uh, 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 epistles, just a letter, right? And so it's a letter from, uh, from Paul to these pastors, Timothy and, uh, and Titus. So 1 uh, Timothy includes warnings about false teachers, uh, challenges to hold firm in the faith, how to do public worship, uh, prayer. In fact, uh, the Bible uh, helps us to see in 1 uh, Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, now who in specific for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Now, uh, the reason that we put on the back of the, the Wednesday Night Growth Point guide is the, the national, statewide, and local uh, officials, is to honor that verse, uh, just to remind us of our need to be praying for those that are in authority over us. And so uh, these are given, these instructions are given, uh, to make sure that prayer is a focus in the church and uh, order in the church. By the way, just uh, uh, um, touch on that once again. The reason we take time and, uh, to pray together on Wednesday nights, to split up and pray, is to give priority to it. Uh, even the the placement of it on Wednesday night is is something that just, just thought through. You know what, I'm gonna give priority to that and placing it even before our Bible study, not that we're scooting aside the Bible study, but just give priority to that because it's important that the church prays together. I don't know about you, sometimes you get into a large, you know, we're all going to pray just as one big group. Kind of might be intimidating to some, and it's not as personal. I've been in prayer meetings like that, and, and that's fine, you know, however people want to do it. But one of the reasons we break down is make sure that we're praying together and we, we uh, give focus to that. And so order in the, in the church, I don't know, is it getting a little chilly in here? If the pastor's starting to mention it, it might just be, uh, it, guys, if you want to go look at it, I think uh, something's going, I think the AC is fighting with the heat. And uh, there's a battle going on on these. And so uh, a couple guys, there's another one over here, and if another guy would uh, jump up there and, and make sure that the AC is not, not fighting or the fans aren't bringing in cold air. So uh, we might have to jump and do some jumping jacks here in a second. Uh, so anyway, there are two offices that are mentioned. Look over at chapter 3. Uh, uh, chapter 3 of 1 Timothy, two offices that are mentioned. Uh, This is a true saying, if any man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good what? He desires a good work. Now, it is a work, and uh, do you know what the word desire there is? Someone showed this to me years ago. You know what the word desire is? What's that? Yeah, it's the same word from which we get lust. And so it's a strong desire, and God puts that in a heart. Uh, God is the one that puts it there, and, and it's something that is very real. Now, uh, we're gonna all, we should all just uh, look at the guys as they're, they're adjusting these things, and we're just having a family moment here. Uh, you all taken care of? Good. You talk about a distraction, a focus loss here. We're just going to wait and we're going we're gonna to give time and we'll, we'll get back to it. You know what this is all about? This is uh, the, the weird time of fall in between the boilers working and the air conditioners working. And it is a weird time. It is a weird time. So, all right. So back to it. Are you all there at uh, uh, chapter 3 and verse number 1? I want you to notice there that that it is the pastoral epistles. God, uh, God, right here as he's explaining the church function, he puts down that there are two offices. You know, now you might get to a church and, and they'll they'll say we have we have the pastor, or the plurality of pastors, and we have we have the deacons, and we have an, another office of elders or trustees or so, and so on. How many offices does the Bible lay down in this chapter? There's two. There's a the pastor, and then there's the office of the, of the deacons. And so uh, l- later on, verse number 8, likewise, the deacons must be grave, not double-tongued, uh, and so on. So it gives the qualifications of both. And so I just, I just underscore that if you, if you come up in a conversation with somebody and you say, well, why does your church only have two offices? Well, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter number 3, and, uh, and we'll look at the offices that, that God described in the pastoral epistles. In the book that has a key verse that thou may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God. And so uh, those are given there. Uh, there's final warnings about false teaching. There's advice for pastoral care uh, given in this, even uh, dealing with widows and, and so on. Uh, there's closing remarks to Timothy. Stay faithful in the ministry. Don't give up. And so all the emphasis is, is kind of focused on uh, sound doctrine, church worship, church leadership, personal life, as well as church care. And so this is what is going on, ministry instruction in First Timothy. Second Timothy turns a page and gets to ministry encouragement. As Paul gets to the end of his life, he is really focusing in on encouraging Timothy to stay the course. Don't give up. Don't get sidetracked, don't get discouraged, don't be bashful in what you're doing. Ministry encouragement. We've entitled our series in 2 Timothy, Endure. Why? Because that's a key thought throughout the book of 2 Timothy. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, uh, 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 3. And so he's encouraging him to endure. That comes up multiple times. Now, Paul's in his final imprisonment. Do you remember where? He's in Rome. He's in the Mamertine prison. And so we have a, a picture of that, just a, a dark hole. And you can still go, uh, go there today and, uh, and see, see where he was in prison. And he would have written this encouraging note to his son in the faith, Timothy, uh, just, just uh, months before he, um, before he would uh, be executed. And so this was a book that was full of warmth uh, full of desire for Timothy these are his last words these are very important words And so there's a tender introduction uh, calling him his son in the faith There are the qualities of faithful ministry encouraging boldness protect sound doctrine train others commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also uh, There is the encouragement to endure the suffering keep focus on the Lord Jesus Christ consider him and what he's uh, What he's done in going to the cross hold sound doctrine don't give up on that make sure you're always going back to the word of god uh, you've known it from the beginning from a child you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise into salvation they're given to you by inspiration of god they're given to you uh, so that the man of god may be perfect truly furnished unto all good works and so stay at it live pure reject error and so he is he is preparing timothy uh, for a life of service and a life of going all the way to the end like he's going to and, uh, this Sunday night We're going to deal with 2nd Timothy 4 and verses 6 through 8 where Paul gives his testimony I've I'm ready. I'm ready. That's an amazing thought right there. I'm ready to see God now think about that, and we'll dwell on that on Sunday night, but he is saying this to Timothy, and he wants Timothy to be able to get to the end that way. And so chapter 4, he's encouraging him, preach the word, stay at it, Timothy. And then he requests some personal things, some very important things to him, uh, such as uh, the parchments and the cloak and just practical matters, just noting that he's a real individual that, that has needs, and uh, he is asking Timothy to take care of those needs. And so the emphasis here is enduring hardness, boldness, faithfulness, preaching, teaching, discernment of error. Isn't that necessary in our day? Discernment of error. And, uh, and that only comes as the Holy Spirit is being our guide, as we're anointed by the Holy Spirit, And as we are full of the Word of God, and so just again, underscoring the importance of us knowing the Word of God, allowing the Word of God to be known in our lives, having a working understanding of it, not just knowing I have the Bible, but knowing what's inside of the Bible. Titus, Titus, this other son in the faith, this one that he led to the Lord, and He really focuses in here on church leadership or church order. And we find in Titus 1 and verse number 5, For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. What does wanting mean? Lacking. And ordain elders in every city, as I appointed these. So, what was his job? Hey, to go to the cities that had groups of believers and make sure there was a pastor there, make sure there was a a leader that was appointed and and ordained, uh, uh, given the authority, given the authority to uh, uh, to pastor there. And, and as we think about the matter of an ordination, sometimes people say, "Oh, it's not it's not a, a real necessary." Remember what Paul said that that happened with timothy by the laying on the hands of the presbytery ordination does not uh does not constitute a call on a person it's basically an acknowledgement of okay we see god's hand on on your life and and we we acknowledge that and and so so Titus' duty was to go into those different cities and make sure that there were pastors in the, right, in the right places. He was to help organize a church, bring order to the church there at Crete. Now, Crete had some problems. Uh, it had many problems. Um, there were, as Paul would say, slow bellies there. They were just kind of lethargic, lazy pleasure seeking people and, and so it, it had some problems and it needed a man that had an administrative uh, outlook to, to go there and set some things in order. so Paul's departing he's leaving this leader behind and he wants in his absence not to not to create a void there and, uh, and, and create he wanted things to be set in order. so Titus, I'm, I'm instructing you to go and, and set things in order make sure they're in the right place. And uh, it's important also that we realize that Paul was helping them through, helping Titus through the book of uh, this letter to understand that the church needed to be built on the Word of God. All the epistles underscore that. The Word of God is the answer for the church, the Word of God has all the solutions the church needs. Uh, I was thinking about this the book of Galatians. I've been drilling into the book of Galatians personally and uh, gone through. uh, Um, a a devotional where you read all all the chapters every day for like seven days in a row and now I'm going back through and taking chunks of it and you know there's so many interesting things in there but one of the things that just uh, stands out to me you know uh, we all struggle we all struggle with our own pride don't we and Paul dealt with that right inside of the the uh, the book of uh, Galatians and he 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 uses this phrase that's just kind of kind of has struck me a a time or two and uh, talking about those that think they're something and yeah, that's in the Bible. And uh, you think it, this is so, so real to where we are as humans and where we are in church life. Because sometimes, let's just be honest, we think we're something. And he's supposed to have the preeminence, and we're walking around like we're something. But the Bible has it all there. And, and so the word of God was, gonna, uh, was going to provide everything Titus needed to set things in order. But it wasn't going to be built on Titus and Titus's preferences. It was going to be built on the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Paul, wanted, Paul wanted them to understand it. It, it wasn't going to be built on Paul. It wasn't going to be built on Titus. It was going to be built on the word of God. And, uh, and even as, as in Titus we find uh, he underscores the fact that God is eternal and he cannot lie. He is the one that is truthful at all times in hope of eternal life, uh, that can, uh, uh, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Uh, but hath in due time manifested His word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of our Savior Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, for this cause. For this cause I left you in Crete that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. So it's going to be based on the word of God. It's not based on Paul. It's not based on Titus. It's based on this word of God that has been committed and trusted to us. And uh, so, as uh, the word of God is the foundation for the church, so isn't it for our own lives as believers? It must be the word of God. It must be the word. Uh, it must be the foundation for Titus's life as a leader. It must be. Uh, it must be the foundation. Titus was a Greek believer. Uh, one of Paul's disciples uh, who grew in maturity and leadership. Where did these pastors come from? They came they came, they were saved and they grew up through the church. They were mentored. And, uh, Titus and Timothy in particular, they are mentored by Paul. But where do these pastors come from in the early churches? Just, just like from congregations like this. Where are pastors going to come to Pastor Hilliard, from congregations like this? Where are pastors going to come to, to pastor other churches that need pastors? You know, constantly hearing about churches that need pastors. Where are they going to come, come from? From churches like this. We need to have that type of mindset. And so uh, Titus was one that was brought up through the ranks, who grew in maturity, grew in leadership. And that is something that is my prayer, that God will help us to be a church that raises up that type of generation. And so the, the emphasis is this, godly life. Titus needed to live a godly life, be one of character, have good church relationships, honorable living in the society. And so all these themes are being given throughout the book of Titus. Now, lastly, there's an interesting letter, and that is Philemon. And uh, if you could guess, what is the theme of the book of Philemon? No, that's Philippians. Yes, it's about Onesimus. Okay. So let's look over there. And so we, uh, Philemon, uh, is, is the theme is forgiveness. And really, as we open up the, the book, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, or of, uh, of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. So... He's very he's very loved, and he's a fellow laborer. Right off the bat, he's he's acknowledging who he is, and uh, and to our beloved uh, Fia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he uh, continues to greet him, and then makes intercession in verse number eight. Wherefore though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee, to adjure thee, to, to ask of you thee, uh, that which is, uh, is convenient. Yet, uh, for love's sake, i rather beseech thee, being such as one as Paul the age, so he's, he's older in age at this point, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son, now notice Onesimus, whom I begotten in my Bonds, okay, so he's writing to Philemon, who was a slaveholder, uh, slave owner. His slave Onesimus uh, decides to to uh, to run, to escape, steals stuff on the way. I don't know how much he stole, but steals uh, steals some stuff on the way and uh, from from his from his slave owner, uh, from Philemon, and uh, he finds himself in Rome. Now, you know what's interesting to me is, where's Paul? But where in Rome? In prison. And so uh, as Philemon gets, or as Onesimus gets there, somehow he ends up in in prison, is connected there. I I don't know exactly how that is, whether uh, there is some speculation in in this way. Uh, The slaves of that time, as they traveled, did have to carry papers. If they were caught without papers, they would be detained. So I don't know if he was detained for a certain amount of, uh, amount of time. I'm not. I'm not sure. But at some at some point, he connects with Paul in prison. You talk about a divine appointment, uh, and you think, well, why is it such a divine appointment? Because Paul knew Philemon, his his owner. And so he leads this Onesimus, this runaway slave to the Lord. And, and then he, he knows and realizes, I'm in the midst of a, of a relational issue here. And so he writes this letter to ask Philemon to forgive Onesimus for the sin. And whatever was wrong was done, put it on my account. Now, now he says in there, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, look at verse number 15. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever. And now as a, a not not now as a servant, but above a servant, a a brother, uh, beloved, specially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Look at uh, verse number 17. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. This, this dude wronged me. He stole, he, he, he ditched me. And, uh, and, and yet now Paul is saying, hey, accept him back as myself. You know, and there is, uh, there is an understanding that uh, there's a likelihood that Paul was the one that led Philemon to the Lord or at least ministered to him spiritually in, in a really great way. And so he says in verse 18, If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine, on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest, uh, owest unto me even thine own self besides. So I'm not going to mention the fact you owe me. I mean, you talk about a diplomatic letter that is written here. Uh, and so what's interesting to me is it is focused on unity and forgiveness within the, within the church, even though he was a slave. Uh, by the way, the Bible doesn't condone slavery, but it does comment on it. It's a cultural thing that was going on at that point, and does encourage uh, Christian slaves to, be, uh, to, honor, even, uh, to honor their masters, even in their, their different situations. So, so there were some biblical obligations that he had, but now he's saying to Philemon, hey, accept him as a brother in the Lord. Have unity. Forgive this man. And uh, you know what's interesting? He went to he went to Rome um, as, a, as a runaway, as a, a thieving runaway. And he, he goes back holding uh, a letter of pardon, really, uh, that, that had someone else's merit attached to it, Paul's merit attached to it. And I, I just think about the beautiful picture of this, the fact that, that I hold the letter tonight, um, Jesus is... Jesus' merit attached to it. And it's not my own merit. I don't, I don't come to the Father uh, with my own merit, but I come with Jesus' merit. And what a beautiful picture of forgiveness right within the context of the church, even, even crossing, you know, kind of a difficult, a very difficult social and cultural issue, slavery. And, uh, but yet there was, uh, there was uh, forgiveness that that could be given and was, was indeed given. So the emphasis of this book really focuses on forgiveness, uh, barriers that do come up, relational barriers, and respect. The fact that Paul had the platform in Philemon's life and Onesimus' life to be able to speak into their lives in this way is, is truly a God thing. And who knows how God will use you to bring people together? And by the way, right within the context of the church, you know about two struggling believers. Who knows how God will use you to bring them together? Uh, sometimes we, we look the other way, right? We look the other way, and, and God doesn't want us to do that. And one of the lessons when we went through this a couple years ago uh, on Wednesday nights, one of the lessons that, that I took away from the book of uh, Philemon is don't dodge the difficult issues, deal with them. And sometimes there's difficult issues. Yes, in church life, in Christianity, there's difficult issues. Let's deal with it and bring unity and forgiveness to the situation. And uh, a lack of forgiveness, a lack of unity always will always, always hinder. It's always better to, to deal with it, even if it's hard. And so God intends for his whole church body, his whole, the whole body of Christ, uh, to be a place of healing and wholeness. And that's what's exemplified this book. So these letters to leaders uh, are encouraging to stand fast in doctrine, to reject error, to endure suffering, to live honorably, remain faithful, lead well, empower others to lead, organize, uh, foster reconciliation, preach the word, train workers, live out that example until the Lord Jesus Christ comes. And to, uh, to have that being repeated over and over again And no church is going to be perfect. No no leader is going to be perfect. Paul, uh, Timothy wasn't perfect. Titus wasn't perfect. They had challenges. They had their own own issues and so on, but uh, they're encouraged in these ways through these letters. And isn't it interesting? We looked last week at Romans through Thessalonians, how God wrote to churches. And then he's writing to leaders. And we're going to see, lastly, he's writing to just Christians at large in the last letters that we'll look at uh, in the coming weeks. And so, uh, let's look at Second Timothy chapter two and verse number one, "Thou therefore, my Son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the, command, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Uh, let's keep this going. Stir up the gift, chapter one and verse number six. Stir up the gift of God, which is uh, in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, Timothy. And so keep at it. Don't give up. Don't give up. And what, what, a, what a group for encouraging letters to leaders. And uh, as you think about this, uh, as you have opportunity, uh, encourage encourage leaders. Um, I Every once in a while, there's a church, I think in Maine. I think I've told you about this before, but they have, uh, they have this ministry. The, the church just sends out Thank you notes to pastors and pastors' wives across the country. I have no clue who they are. But a couple times a year, my wife and I get a thank you note from a complete stranger in Maine. And uh, it'll be different ones. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a note from, the, from those churches. And, you know, it's just it, it's, it's a powerful thing to in, encourage. Even you go visiting in a church. Uh, you, you on vacation, go visit a church. Stop and you know, tell the pastor where you're from. Boy, what, what a blessing that is. And then thank him for, uh, thank him for that message and, and encourage. Paul was encouraging these guys to stay on and how important it is to encourage. Thank your Sunday school teachers and, uh, and just be encouraging uh, towards those that, that lead in this way, like Paul exemplifies in these books. And so those are those books, uh, these letters to the churches. And so I hope that that is beneficial to you tonight. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. And thank you for our church family, and thank you for the opportunity uh, to to look at your word. I do pray that you would help us to uh, not be content with just having your word as a a whole book, but uh, Lord, help us to know it so that we might be able to uh, be at the right places, know where to go in the scriptures, but also have an answer to every man that asketh us a reason of the hope lies within us with meekness and fear and so we pray that you'd help us in this way help us to have someone this week lord that we can witness to the rest of this week i pray that we'd be ready with tracts with a word of witness and uh, lord i pray that we'd be able to walk with you and have the joy of of your spirit uh, and uh, so that we might even attract uh, those that need to know you so we pray these things in jesus name amen
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode and please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for checking out this episode. I look forward to having you join us again right here on the Grace Baptist Church podcast.